Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome B-Tech Smith and Steve. B-Tech Smith and Steve. You are now entering the Megacars, the Megacars. The Megacast! My name is Steve. I'm here with my great friend, the Ted Smith. What up, Steve? What's up, Ted? <laughs> you know, chilling, man. <laughs> <laughs> I wish people could see our hand motions during the end of the song. We're like air pumping our fists. We're air guitaring. <laughs> We're throwing our hands in the air. It's a full-on production out here. Right. Air blow, <laughs> spitting out water. Yeah. Thank you for listening, everybody. You can find us on Twitter, at the Megacast. This podcast, if you don't know, which I assume you do because you're listening to it, but it's available on iTunes, on Stitcher. It's also at KISW.com. So. I still think one of the best conversations we've had in a while was, uh, this was off the podcast. Yes. Was uh, Today will be a little more wrestling, WWE wrestling heavy. Yes. But me and Steve had an honest like 15-minute conversation about whether or not we could talk more wrestling and this and that. And then finally it's like... Our, our logo is us as two wrestlers. I guess people wouldn't be shocked if we talked WWE wrestling. Right. If you don't realize it, that logo that you're looking at on your phone right now, that is Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage. At one point, they were bitter rivals, and then they finally became friends. And when they came together as a tag team, they called themselves the Mega Powers. So Ted and I... I think we came up with the idea of the Megacast at Doug Benson's podcast taping at the Neptune Theater many months ago. Yeah, that was last May. Yeah. And uh, we were talking, oh, it'd just be like this merging of the two podcasts. And then we're like, it's like a Megacast. And then all of a sudden, light bulb off in the head. Next thing you know, I'm playing the role of Hulk Hogan. And the Ted Smith is the macho man, Randy Savage. With those sweet stars on my uh, yes. on my underwear. <laughs> that's, those are trunks, Ted. Trunks, sorry. Come on, man. Why, can you call them trunks? I mean, they're, they're, you can see my whole... Like, that's more like a Speedo as opposed to like trunks. It's like a dong displayer. Yeah, dong displayer. Check out my dong displayer. <laughs> Sounds like a weird Swedish metal band. <laughs> mm, dong displayer. <laughs> Playing your favorite Scorpion hits. All two of them. <laughs> Well, we're talking about wrestling because we got Daniel Bryan. He's going to be joining us in the second break, so that's very exciting. WWE's WrestleMania is coming up pretty soon. Plus, he's going to be at uh, the Key Arena on the M- March 14th for a big house show, a live show, and that's on a Saturday, so that'll be fun. I may or may not go. We'll see. <laughs> we'll discuss that. But before we do any of that stuff, Ted, before yeah. we get to anything, we got to keep the show the way that the show is meant to be. <laughs> Dude, the coffee hasn't kicked in just yet. Kind of I was like, that's not your normal intro for this. I forget. I've just kind of brain farted, man. Okay, we got to get the heart racing, the blood pumping, and the brain functioning. And this time we've got a tweet at the Megacast, and Rebecca says, I cannot wait for the Daniel Bryan interview. Let's get 10 to his theme song, fellas. Yes. 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 All right. This is a different song to do push-ups to. Here we go. <laughs> you ready? Ah, let's yes, get to it. Let's do it, man. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> that is odd doing push ups to his entrance music. <laughs> It's odd that he even comes out to this song. 
Yeah, I guess we should have asked him why. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Got 10 for Daniel Bryan. He'll be joining us in just a little bit on the Mega Cash. But before we do anything else. Tech Talks. Starring. Tech Smith. Tech Talks. Well, you know, sometimes as much as you're doing, uh, as much as you're working hard, sometimes the world will still just work a little bit harder against you. So I guess the TED Talk this week would be more about, uh, you know, you got to stay the course sometimes. Say you're a uh, positive person, maybe some negative energies have filled into your life. Stay positive. You know that's the right path. It's a path that you've chosen. It's a path that you want. Just, you know, and... Keep your head up. You know, it's the dead of winter. I know some people listening to this might be in uh, other places. It's a little cold. It's a little, your spirit's down a little bit. Just fight through, stay the course, and keep that head up, brother. Keep that head up. (laughs) Keep that head up, brother. (laughs) Say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and train. So I got a little wrestling right there. That's okay. <laughs> I have a feeling we might have a couple of people who have never listened to the Megacast before might be tuning in to hear their favorite wrestler, Daniel Bryan, in an interview, and they're like, oh, I got to sit through a bunch of crap before I get to it. So by dropping a brother, I think he's going to keep them as a part of this podcast. Yeah. Sometimes you got to give TED Talks just to, you know, just to yourself. Okay. Dare <laughs> so, I ask or just leave it at that? Oh, we'll just leave it at that for this week, Steve. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Why don't we read a couple of tweets that we've got there, Ted? All right. Maybe this will make you feel a bit better. Uh, Jason says, uh, could you guys imagine if we all started our day with 10, how ripped this planet would be? Hashtag LARP on. <laughs> I mean, the planet would be a different place. <laughs> do you still do random ones? I try and do 25 a pop. So all right. when I get up in the morning, I do 25. When I get here to work, I do another 25. And then with this podcast, it's an extra 20. All right. So that'll probably be my... 70. Yeah, I'll get to that point. But I've been getting around 50 to 75-ish. One day I did a full 100. That was exciting. I think I'm going to try that again. I tried it for a while. Do I would do 100 a day. Yeah. And it seemed pretty good. Dude, I, I swear by doing, at the start of your day, if you can, um, for anybody, like once you get to work or before you leave for work, I like to do it when I get here because at that point I've already been driving for like 45 minutes, so I'm kind of getting a little lethargic. As soon as I get in here, I close the office door because I don't want to make any eye contact with anybody that works here as I'm doing push-ups. And I pop 25. Yeah. And I feel awesome. One other tweet <laughs> that I wanted to read, uh, which I thought was a good question. And All I'm right. going to throw it out there for you. And uh, if you were to put together, this is from Jay. If you are going to put together a Mount Rushmore of douchebags, whose face would you have carved on it? And then they threw a couple of suggestions. Charlie Sheen, Kanye, Chris Brown, Bieber. Just for the record, I don't put Chris Brown in that ter- in that in that conversation. I just think he's a uh, bad, terrible person. Right? I like so, how I like how I would be pissed if I was on Rush- Mount Rushmore if like Bieber's face, Kanye's face, Charlie Sheen's face, and then next to them is Brown. I'd be like, well, why are you gonna lump us in with this guy? We never. Pun- well, maybe they have, but we don't know if they have punched an, a, a female. Right? Like Charlie Sheen, <laughs> Bieber. Those are great calls on uh, douchebaggery. Bieber, he just turned 21, so I know as much as nobody wants to give him a pass, like I got to cut him some slack. Yeah, because, <laughs> come on, if you had that kind of cash at 21, plus like I, if I had I, that kind of cash at 40 right now, I think I'd be just as much of a D-bag as he is. I mean, we I remember me and my friends egging houses or yeah. egging cars when we were his age. That's something like, I mean, I, you know, like, he's 20. 
And if you could afford a guy that could walk you around China on your on his shoulders, wouldn't you do it? Yeah. But I th- <laughs> I, well, so I should have said yeah that quick. I think no hesitation. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I would. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that, that dude have to be strong. Uh, I put Matt Lauer on the list. Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer. Whew. Yeah. What makes him a D-bag in your world? Because uh, I think he is one of those people that, like, for years, it's like, oh, Matt Lauer is America's friend and this and that. And I think he was a complete D-bag behind the scenes. And, uh-huh. you know, as it came out, he, he was getting, like, people fired and this and that, and the show still wasn't working. And then I watched that SNL uh, 40th anniversary. I watched the red carpet thing. Yeah. And just watching him interact with people. Oh, he was awful. Yeah. And it seemed like people just don't like him. And it's like, if all those fired up funny comedians don't want to interact with you, like, what did mm-hmm. you do? He's like the Pierre Maguire in the world of hockey. For you hockey fans, you're probably nodding your head like, oh yeah, that's... He's the guy that like does a lot of the in-between-the-two-benches. He's on the microphone, you know that guy? All right. And, they, and he'll do a lot of interviews with players, and you can almost, I'd say 99 times out of 100, you can see the look on the player's eyes, and they're just like, oh, freaking Pierre Maguire. Oh. Like... <laughs> One guy like told him to f off, like after like it was like a tough loss, and he's like just f off, like leave me alone, Pierre Maguire. And it's almost kind of like that's what I thought of when I saw Matt Lauer and the it reaction was so, he was getting. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, I was like, man, these people do not like him. Do you think Matt Lauer, the opinion of him changed as he's? And I say this as a ball man, so I think I could get away with it. Uh, I feel like like America's love for Matt Lauer changed drastically once he started losing his hair. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's more of just we started hearing stories, or, and it just kind of coincided. You're probably right. It's just the timing. Okay, this is why I ask it, because there was the other day, you know how sometimes you have random thoughts as you're just walking the streets? Yeah. I had this thought. I was like, I wonder if I would be treated differently if I had a full head of hair. Oh, well, you would. Right. Yeah, I mean, look, it's just, you. there's studies all the time. They're just like, right, like taller people with hair. You know, like, like, they just get more advantages. Like, I wonder what my... It's almost like one of those, like... Yeah, I mean, I wonder about that stuff all the time. Maybe we should get, like, real wigs one day. And just see what happens? Just for an experiment. Like, go to a bar... Like, yeah. ...that has, like, regulars that we've never been to, go there as bald guys, and then go there the next weekend as guys with hair. Yeah. See if the bartenders treat us differently. I feel like they will. Look, I can tell you. I mean, I just know for me... I've been in plenty of situations where it was like I did not look the part and kind of got treated like crap. Yeah. And then they might find out that I worked at KSW mm-hmm. and they're much nicer. But it's I, like, right, like you were going to treat me like crap because I'm a short, chubby, bald dude. I experienced that over this past weekend. On Friday, I was at an establishment and I wasn't being treated bad, but I wasn't being treated good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there was like a, almost like it was like a chore to even serve us. We had a conversation with the person, and they're like, oh, we can't do that. And I'm like, well, I've, I was like, I, I wasn't saying it to be a jerk. I was just like, oh, well, they've done it this way before when I've been here. He's like, and he's just like, oh, no, that's just not how it's done. And I'm like, all right, we'll do this then. I'm not going to fight the guy because he's clearly following things to the book. And I didn't realize right. that before that, we were somebody was bending a little bit to take care of us. Fast forward five minutes later, the guy comes back over to us at our table, and he's just like, why don't you tell me who you are? Of course I could do that for you. And I just almost wanted to be like, no, nah, don't do it for me, man. Like, if you're not going <laughs> to, yeah. I, I wasn't at, and, and I looked at it and I go, I'm not that guy. Like, I'm not going to say to you, this is who I am. Like, if you say you can't do it, I'll respect that. But like, yeah. I guess that's kind of the closest thing I get to experiencing what it would be like to have hair. To have hair. I mean, that's the only way I can. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> Ted, I am very excited that we are going to have Daniel Bryan on. But before we do Daniel Bryan... 
for those that don't understand what's going on in the world of wrestling right now, there's a, a lot of people not happy with the fact that Daniel Bryan is not the main event at WrestleMania. He's not taking on Brock Lesnar. And Daniel Bryan was the champion, and then he got injured. Yep. Right, but he never restrict. lost. No, so he came back. He wants his title. He wants his chance at winning the title. Well, that chance has been given to Roman Reigns, which a lot of people feel is the golden boy of the WWE. Vince's guy. He's getting the big push. Lots of hair. He's got good hair. He's got the tattoos. He's, He's got the tall. look. Ah, tall, Trump short. Yeah. All right, well, before we take the break, <laughs> I wanted to play this promo that uh, Daniel Bryan did where he's basically, in a, in a roundabout way, like you could kind of tell like he's giving a nod to Roman so that the fans could stop beating up on him because it's not his fault that he's been the chosen one. He's just, if someone's going to hand you this job and it's like, hey, I want you to be the main event at WrestleMania and possibly win the title, any wrestler in their right mind is going to be like, yeah, sign me up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, here's Daniel Bryan at the most recent episode of Raw. I know a lot of people see a lot of promise and potential in Roman Reigns. If you want to talk about doubters, the biggest Roman Reigns doubter is right here in Daniel Bryan. Because when they talk about promise and they talk about potential, what they're really talking about is size and strength and athletic ability. And do you know how many guys I've seen walk down that ramp with all that that don't have half the heart that I do? Yeah. <laughs> that's what the authority doesn't see, and that's what all of these people here tonight see. That's why they like Daniel Bryan, and that's why they don't like you. Yeah. So there's those moments where you're like, okay, I know that this is part of the storyline, but you can almost, I don't know, you can almost feel it in the voice like there's part of, there's a lot of truth behind what's being said. Yeah. Well, and it's the truth. Like, he's not lying. Like, yeah. Anybody the WWE wants a tall, like, they don't want, as they call him, the goat-looking dude right. being the face of the, of the WWE. Let's hear some more from Daniel. I don't care how many people are booing you here tonight. You and I know that last night we fought. You and I fought. And I fought you with everything that I had. And guess what? Sir, you beat me. And all I have left to say is this. Congratulations. Now do me one last favor and go beat the crap out of Brock Lesnar in the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> Handshake and he's out. Yeah, he kind of validates him. Oh, absolutely. All right, when we come back, WWE superstar, the man from Aberdeen, Washington, Daniel Bryan joins us on the Megacast. Look, I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of this energy, trying to take away from it, with the kid and pray for you. These two guys will give you energy, Drake. The Tech Smith, Steve, the Megacast will return. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of this energy, trying to take away from a with the kid and pray for you. And now, another great moment in the history of partying. The date? Wednesday, September 18th, 1982. College students Kelly Harrison and Michelle Bond are studying for a biology exam when their roommate, Trish James, brings them homemade jello to lift their spirits. A terrible cook, but with a body that could stop a male rhinoceros in heat, Trish's dessert is so bad that Michelle involuntarily spits it out onto Trish's shirt. The 
girls laugh and begin pelting each other mercilessly with jello. Soon they're on the floor and tearing at each other's clothes as if the jello has driven them into a pseudo lesbian frenzy. A ranking member of a local fraternity sees what's happening and offers them each $200 if they will recreate the entire event in front of his frat brothers. Low on cash and inhibitions, the girls take him up on it and bango! Jello wrestling is born! All guy parties would never be quite as sad or lame again. And this has been another great moment in the history of partying. What kind of man loves us? doesn't listen to the mega cast a stupid man yeah i said it b tech smith and steve are back New Florence and the Machine. Nice mm. little uh, moment of validation from Grace right there. You know Grace, man. Dropping F-bombs. <laughs> getting fired up. She'll do, I mean, she's crazy. Ted, I think it's about that time. Looks Ted. like he's uh, he's, uh, the phone's ringing. You ready to do this? Let's get it on. All right. Megacast, hello. Hey, guys. You're on the line with uh, WWE superstar Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, you're on with uh, Ted and uh, Steve Miggs out in Seattle. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, not much. How are you guys? We're doing great. Uh, we know you're coming to town on uh, Saturday uh, at the Key Arena on Saturday, March 14th. And uh, tickets are available at Ticketmaster.com. Do you enjoy doing that? Because this is a house show. It's a live show. Uh, do you enjoy doing these? Is it a chance for you to kind of work out some other stuff? or? Well, okay. So the live events are my favorite thing. Like TV is sometimes brutal. <laughs> like the live event, the live event is actually like the, the part that's really, it's really, really fun. You go out there and you get to like just wrestle however you want to wrestle, right? And especially like you have a little bit more liberties and you have a little bit more freedom to go out there and do your thing. And uh, I, I tend to think as a fan, it's a more, it's, the show is more fun yeah. from a live event perspective than a TV perspective because like there's a lot of downtime when you go to a TV show because of the commercials. Because there's all these, you know, there's all these in-ring interviews that like are good for the television viewer, but might not be the best for like the live audience, right? So, but these live events, like you know, they, they get they get the interviews, but they are they get mostly wrestling. It's like two and a half hours of really good wrestling, really fun entertainment. You know, it's a good time. I also noticed, uh, I've been to a few house shows, and I, I agree 100% as a fan, it's so much fun to be a part of. Uh, I remember like seeing a guy like Cody Rhodes before he like really fleshed out all of his character stuff, and, and seeing him in the house shows, I'm like, oh man, this guy's got the making to be something huge eventually, because you could see the way he interacted with the crowd, and I would imagine that that's got to be a fun aspect. As a fan, it's fun seeing you guys react, because I know you can't really do that when there's TV cameras. You, know, you can't just single out a person in the crowd the same way you could at like a live show. Well, it, it, exactly, because when you're when you're wrestling on TV, you are actually playing to the TV cameras. You're not necessarily playing to the live crowd. Whereas at the live events, we are we are playing to the live crowd, right? Which is, you know, to me, it, that's the that's the most fun. You know, that's the, that's the part that's really super enjoyable. And right now, we have no idea what Daniel Bryan is going to be doing at WrestleMania. There's been lots of speculation. I know in the last uh, episode of SmackDown. 
it seems like signs are pointing towards maybe you jumping in the mix with the ladder match against Wade Barrett. I know Dolph Ziggler has been calling out a chance for you to go head-to-head with him at WrestleMania. There were talks about maybe you versus Sheamus. What does Daniel Bryan want? You know, it, it, it's, hard to, it's hard for me to say because I, my heart was so set on that match against Dolph <laughs> but, but you know what? It's funny because last year I was in the main event of WrestleMania and won the title. And I, I, I think of myself that I am the Seahawks. Right, like <laughs> I am the Seahawks. Like last year, they won the Super Bowl. This year, they got to the Super Bowl but didn't quite win it. I didn't quite get to the main event of WrestleMania this year, but I was like, I got to that match where if I would have won, I would have been in the Super Bowl. So I was like, oh, I'm having a similar year to the Seahawks. <laughs> so like Roman, so, Roman uh, Reigns is the Malcolm Butler of the WWE right now, just yeah, ripping it from yeah, us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it's, it's just, um, I'm not sure, you know, like what I would like to do, it's, it's hard for me to say because there's a lot of guys who still don't have matches yet. Um, I would really like the Dolph Ziggler match, you know, yeah. uh, I, the one, the the one title I've actually never won in WWE is the Intercontinental Championship. I was the U.S. title, uh, I was the U.S. champion, I was the tag team champion, I was the heavyweight champion, uh, WWE champion, and so uh, that's the one title I've never won. So that would be that would be real fun too. Mostly, what I want is I want to be fe- I want to be featured in a prominent role at WrestleMania. You know, which <laughs> is like yeah. it's getting harder and harder every year because like more and more people come back. You know, and that sort of thing. So. Uh, so yeah, that's just what I wanted to be featured in a prominent role. When you mention like uh, wrestling against Dolph, like you're both kind of fan favorites, is that odd? Like wrestling another fan favorite? Uh, no, and especially like in a situation like WrestleMania, where it's uh, there's most of the card is going to be people that most people boo against people most people cheer. Right, that's going to be what most yeah. of the card is, and to to have uh, a match where everybody really likes both guys. Uh, to me, that's fun. I did a lot of that when I was wrestling on the independence before I got to WWE, and those are some of my favorite types of matches. I actually, despite losing, I really enjoyed my match with Roman Reigns at Fastlane. Oh, it's awesome. it's not just your, your, your standard bad guy versus good guy match. It's, you know, it's something more than that. And, um, and so, yeah, so I really, I really enjoy that. And I also think it's, it's interesting to see how, for example, somebody like me deals with being booed because I'm not booed very often, right? To yeah. see how somebody like Dolph feels with being booed. Like, I think all of that is interesting because that stuff does happen. And so, uh, so yeah, and, and not to mention, I think that Dolph and I are two of the best wrestlers in WWE, and so it would be a fantastic match. <laughs> so, you know, like, uh, so, you know, that's, uh, you know, I, I think that would be very rewarding to me. And we're talking to Daniel Bryan again at WWE Live coming to the Key Arena on March 14th and uh, tickets available at Ticketmaster.com. You brought up Roman Reigns in your match against him at Fastlane and I, I, that has to be in the contention. I mean, we're only in, in now we're in March, but I mean, it's got to be up there for one of the matches of the year. It was, it was just a compelling watch as a fan, but uh, you see a lot of like the fan activism and it seems, you know, when, when fans are not happy about certain things and they weren't happy about Roman Reigns getting the opportunity to take on Brock Lesnar at, at WrestleMania and, and you know, they made it very vocal about they were very vocal about it but i felt like what you did at raw last week when uh you went up it, it almost felt like you legitimized who roman reigns is to some of these some of the fans that think they're a little too smart or too cool for school and i, I thought that was like 
an amazing promo by you, and it was it was crazy because it's like one of the coolest promos you've done. But it was more about another guy than yourself, and that that's got to be a cool position where you know you can help dictate where the fan activism is going by what you say on the mic. Yeah, you know, and it's it's you know it's just very interesting. I think one of the um, one of the things that uh, I've always prided myself in is that not just um, making myself popular, but also helping the people that I'm wrestling against. Right, like uh, mm-hmm. that was you know, and that was it. It was a necessity when I was on the independence, right? Because yeah. the top guys would constantly get signed by WWE or TNA or something, so you constantly had to make new stars and all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, within companies like Ring of Honor and everything like that, and I think uh, that's one of the things that we really need to focus on here in WWE is, is focusing on on um, on making new stars. But likewise. I'm not ready to hand over being being you know one of the top guys yet. You know what I mean? I, I hope. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't, I, don't. <laughs> you better I, not be. I, when, <laughs> yeah, when I lost the match against, against Roman Reigns, my thoughts have been: okay, what do I need to do from now until next January, February? What do I need to do so that I'm in the main event of WrestleMania next year? Right? Like, uh, what 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 can I do to get to that spot? Because that's the spot that everybody should be striving to. To get you know, and so what do I need to do within the next year to get there? And so that's that's kind of what my focus is. Now, this might be a question that you might not be able to answer, but uh, what do you think you need to do to get to the next WrestleMania? Okay, so you have to understand that I am not the guy that they want in the main events of WrestleMania, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> i you know, and like and like I I can I can openly admit that, and I think they can openly admit that, and like <laughs> everybody can openly admit that. So then what does, that, what does that mean for me? That means that um, I need to be so good that despite them not wanting to put me there, it's absolutely necessary to put me there because the fans won't accept anybody else. And, 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 and now, think of the large task that that is. How do you get to do that? Because I look at what I've done since I've come back from my injury, and I look at things where, like, okay, if I would have done better here, and if I would have done better here, and I would have done better here maybe the fan response would have been so much that they would have had no other choice but to put me in the main event of WrestleMania, right? And so that is, that is how I, that is how I um, react to stuff like that. There's nobody, you can't blame anybody but, you know, but yourself as far as a lot of this kind of stuff. You know, like I, uh, I take responsibility for, I, I've known this whole time that like, hey, me coming to the WWE and being in the main event of WrestleMania is a long shot, Right. But for me to get there, these are the things that I have to do. And um, you can't make excuses and you can't do any of that. Like, you just simply have to go out there and try to be better than everybody else and to such a large degree that they won't accept anybody else. So, uh, So that's my goal within the next year. Even, like, this year, like, you're not the main event, but you're still at WrestleMania. Is it is it crazy that you're... On a card with Sting? Yeah, you know, you know, it's like sometimes you just look at things and it 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 is. It's just you know, it's just wacky, you know, because like when I the first WCW pay per view I ordered was uh, the Great American Bash in 1996, and Sting was still in like the Stinger yes. face paint, right? Sting. <laughs> still, <laughs> so, like, so, so it's like now here I am, you know, I'm in I. Hopefully, I'll be a featured part of WrestleMania, right? Yeah. But Sting is in this huge match as the, you know, as the Scorpion type thing, you know, and like it's just, you know, it's just funny how it all comes around, you know. And wrestling a guy, so the very first WrestleMania I ever ordered 
was the, was actually Triple H's first WrestleMania um, when he when he lost to the Ultimate Warrior, which was WrestleMania 12. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just funny to be a part of like something that you know watching with guys who I was watching when I was a kid. And then you got on top of it. I mean, we don't know for sure I, I, what's going on with Bray Wyatt and uh, the Undertaker. Has to be some of the more just confusing and compelling storylines that uh, I've seen in a while. Because it's like. I think he's going to be there, but you still don't know. I mean, <laughs> you know. I mean, you assume that you're not going to surround a pay-per-view around a guy who's not going to show up, even though he's being called out. But the way it's being done is it's just brilliant. It hasn't been done like that before. It's it, it's pretty damn cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and how disappointed would the fans be if instead of like the real Undertaker, there was a fake Undertaker, <laughs> and it, all it is is just like like when they had the fake Sting in WCW, yeah. and like, so so yeah. I mean, uh, the whole the whole WrestleMania. Concept it's pretty exciting this year. I wonder what was going on in Bray's head during uh, Fastlane as he's coming out in that casket knowing full well the minute it opens up it's going to be an S-storm of hatred. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, sometimes, okay, because I was, a, you know, I was a bad guy for a while. Yeah. Sometimes the most fun you'll ever have is being booed, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and just like, and just like really, really looking forward to that, you know, so... I'm a big fan of watching NXT, and I know you've tweeted out about it as well, giving them a lot of love. Uh, some of those younger guys, you know, like Kevin Owens and uh, Sami Zayn and uh, Finn Balor, who I just absolutely love watching. It's, his entrance alone makes it worth the price of admission. But do you, I mean, you were a guy who went through the NXT world, but it was a little bit different back when you were doing NXT. It was uh, on television. It had more of a, like a reality TV vibe at times with competitions and things like that. Do you look back and wish that you could have been a part of this version of NXT as opposed to the version that you were a part of? Okay, so I... I think I think this version of NXT is better at um, getting talent at giving talent exposure to the WWE fans than, than ours was. But the difference was is that we were actually on TV, and like yeah. if this show, if that NXT show was on TV, it would be making stars out of people, right? Like literally, it would be making stars out of people to where they could go straight from NXT to being uh, a main guy on Raw or SmackDown or whatever, you know. Um, the hard part is is that, like, it's on the network, you know, and so the casual fan doesn't get to see, you know, the, the awesome Finn Baylor entrances. You know what I mean? They don't get to see how good Sami Zayn is at, at all the different stuff. They don't get to see how awesome Hideo Itami's kicks are, you know. Yeah. Um, which is one of, like, to me, Okay, the, the pay-per-views are a prime reason to get the WWE Network uh, if you're a wrestling fan because you can follow Raw and SmackDown. But another prime reason to get the network is also to watch NXT every week because yep. to me that's some of the best, the best wrestling television that, that, has, that has come about in a long time. Dude, I would love to see Hideo versus you in, in some kind of a match. I mean, it would just be off the chain. It would be unbelievable. Yeah, I've actually pitched to go down and work one of the NXT specials <laughs> against somebody like Hideo Itami or a Finn Balor yeah. or, 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 you know, or somebody like that. Uh, one, because I think, you know, it's hard sometimes, you know, when you are telling people like, hey, you need to check out this awesome uh, Sami Zayn-Kevin Owens match or this Adrian Neville-Finn Balor match into a casual fan. Who, but who loves wrestling? It's like, hey, this is awesome match. But I don't necessarily know these guys, right. you know. But right. if you were to say, like, hey, pick up this awesome Daniel Bryan versus Hideo, Hideo Itami match uh, on the network, more people, are, I think, are, are would be willing to, to check it out, you know, if they haven't heard of those guys before. So, guys, I'm, I'm sorry, to, oh. but we do have to we have to wrap up. Gotcha. 
I'm sorry. Oh, no problem, Joe. Not, not a problem at all. Okay, well, yeah, we, we got to let you go. I do want to say one <laughs> thing. Just let everybody know the idea of having video cameras on the turnbuckles is freaking awesome. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it's awesome. And, and, yeah, and, and I just, and I just want to say that I think everybody who comes to the Seattle shows knows Coming to Seattle is like my favorite, my favorite thing ever, and I can't—I literally can't wait for the show at the key arena. It's a—it's uh, going to be awesome. Well, we can't wait to be there. I know Ted and I are going to be there, so yeah, we'll, we'll be cheering you on for sure. We'll be dropping some yeses for you. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you later, Daniel. Thanks for talking to us. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Ted. Thanks, Mix. See you later, Joe. See you later, man. See you, brother. Nice. <laughs> That was awesome. Yeah, man. I did want to bring up, because, you know, the big uh, Ronda Rousey, uh, Kat Zingano. From Saturday? Yeah, the, the, the fight started with her trying to do a Daniel Bryan running knee, and it all went to hell after that. 14 seconds later, oh, she's yeah. tapping out. Yeah, Ronda Rousey, man. She's so much better. I don't know if that's good or bad for the women's. It's not even funny, man. Yeah, it's not right because it's like, what's the point of buying her fights? It's the Mike Tyson of now. Right. Somebody tweeted that out. They were like, Spinks at least lasted a minute with Tyson. 14 (laughs) seconds? Like, how is that helping anything? Somebody put it out there and said her fight was finished before an Instagram video. Like, you could fit it in a full Instagram. Because Instagram videos, you can only put 16 seconds worth of video. All right. And they said, it's pretty cool that Ronda was able to make it so that we could put her entire fight on an Instagram video. And yeah. I go on Instagram, and I find the entire... That's how I watched it. I Somebody just taped it? Someone just used their video camera on their phone and just filmed the entire fight. I, I, I didn't buy the pay-per-view, but I watched it 30 minutes after the pay-per-view on Instagram. That's crazy. It's nuts. 14 seconds. <laughs> and you know she could have broke that girl's arm. Yeah. Oh, if she wants to, she can. Ted, we should take a break. Big thanks to Daniel Bryan. Cannot wait to see him over at the uh, Key Arena. Ted, I know you're going. I'll be there. Does that mean I'm in? I believe so. Yeah, well, no, I... Well, whether or not my wife is going, you're in. <laughs> Tell your wife to stay home, Steve. I want to watch wrestling. I have a feeling she will. <laughs> she sounds like she kind of wants to do it. Two days before, she's like, ah, does Ted want to go? <laughs> So, all right, when we come back, we've got a very interesting and funny story about uh, weed dealers. Oh, all right. When the Megacast returns. These guys will make a deal with the bad wolf. The Megacast with the Tech Smith and Steve will return. ever noticed prescription drug names sound a lot like characters in a sci-fi movie? Libertor, I've called you here for an important meeting about the future of the planet Nexium. But Crestor, Princess Lyrica has dispatched an entourage to Lunesta. Tell Ambassador Claritin to contact the Oxycontin people to prepare for war with the Herceptans. I would assume Flomax is in the Viagra Nebula. He is, but that doesn't mean Plavix and Nasonex should not be involved. Abilify them all, and Boniva willing, we will one day celebrate. These guys look like trouble to me. That gets me hot. I like bad boys. The mega cast is back. Opposites attract, like it's this is it. Good girl, bad guy, what a perfect match. And if we fool, you gon' wanna play bad tasks. When you finish, you gon' feel like it was bad. Good sign. Don't you come in thinking goodbye. 
Azalea right there for you, D. Ted Smith. I knew Iggy. Who was yep. that singing with her? I don't know. <laughs> Somebody. All right. I've written down. Sorry. I thought maybe it was that Rita. Uh, featuring Jennifer Hudson. Oh, Jennifer Hudson. How All about right. that? Jennifer Hudson can sing. I was like, that's good singing there. Yeah, some J-Hud. J-Hud. I don't know. <laughs> that's probably not a good nickname. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just jumped in with you. I was like, oh, is that her nickname? Yeah, J-Hud, see? <laughs> Hey, speaking of Iggy Azalea, before we get to the whole weed story, this is pretty funny. Uh, do you know uh, ESPN uh, Sports Center anchor uh, Robert Flores? Yes. Okay. Yes. I know who that is. Well, he was talking about Lakers star Nick Young, who I did not know right. this, but apparently is dating, dating Iggy, Iggy Azalea. Yeah. Yeah. So he takes a shot at Iggy Azalea when he's talking about him uh, during one of the more recent episodes on, on yesterday's episode of Sports Center. All right, and here it is. First, our monthly look at what did we learn? We learned that according to the Lakers, Nick Young, a dolphin recently tried to kill him. So, Nick, while dolphins are trying to kill you, your girlfriend's trying to kill hip hop. Let's call it even, okay? Oh, damn! I like it. It's aggressive. Yeah, just calling him out. People do not like her. I don't have an issue with her. I actually like, I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't heard really many bad songs by her. I guess they don't like her because she's just not your typical rapper. I mean, obviously there's there's somewhat going to be a, a racial yeah. thing into it, but I sure. think I think part of it too is her stuff's just kind of poppy, whatever. So people just don't like her. I would hear her stuff, I think, more on like a hip, on a, a pop station as opposed to a hip hop station. And yeah. sometimes too, you got to be careful. Like I know... I know she grew up listening to everything and stuff, but I think, I think I, I, you know what? I don't know. I, I should just shut up. It doesn't, I'm not a rapper. I'm not black. It doesn't involve me. I'll just stay out of it. I'm tapping out of this, I'm guys. I'm tapping out of this. I'm song. tapping out. Because I might end up saying something stupid. Yeah, we don't need to get fined. No. Yeah, a lot of people are listening to this mega cast. Yeah, a ton of them. We, we want to keep it. We want to make it to episode 20. Right. All right. Let's talk about, this won't get us in any trouble, the things that you're doing to your weed dealer that will piss him off. All right. Uh, and this is uh, put together by a guy by the name of Matt McCuster. He, I believe, writes for Bro Bible and a few other of those fun websites out there. Uh, I think, uh, oh, man, what the hell is the other one? Guyism? Guyism. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're connected in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, so Bro these, Bible's pretty good. I love Bro Bible. Every time I click on one of their stories, though, like I, I just get sucked into a warm <laughs> hole for a while. I think we've both... And probably everybody at some point, not everybody, but many people at some point, had to have dealt with a weed dealer. Now, yeah. granted, with the way things are shaping up in Washington, that day might one day be gone when they bring the prices down. But for the time being, I think most people are still going to their neighborhood drug dealer to get their weed. So uh, here's some things that your weed dealer is not going to really appreciate. One of them blowing up his phone. I think that's an, a, a given. Yeah. I mean, I get it. You want your weed and you want it now. But you got to be a forward thinker. I was always the type of guy that, as soon as like, I was like almost halfway done with my stuff, I was always like ready to get. I was working whatever I needed to work to, in order to get the next bag. Plus, like, look, he's a he's a weed dealer, right? So he's not it's a, a bank. It's okay to remind him because he legit might forget you texted him or called him. Sure, but if you're just blowing him up, then he's just gonna blow you off. Uh, one of them, I think this, again, I, I would think these are no-brainers, but I would imagine he wrote this because this is something that has happened. It's, um, I'm getting a feeling that Matt McCuster at some point was a weed dealer. <laughs> Bring your friend over without asking. Yeah, that's, that's probably against protocol. 
I mean, it's an illegal substance the guy is selling. Maybe not bring people into the to the area where he's selling this illegal substance. Plus, your friend, and if your friend doesn't smoke, he doesn't want to be there either. That is awkward. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure he likes new business, but you probably should like at least alert him. Like, hey, I have a buddy. Can I bring him? Or however it is. Or just say... Hey, Steve, stay in the truck. I got to run in here and say what's up to my buddy. You know what I mean? Like, don't involve the friend. The friend might want nothing to do with this. Well, and on this one, it says you're in and out too fast. Uh, this one says that neighbors are always watching. One of the main tip-offs of drug activity is a high amount of foot traffic in and out of the house. So if he asks you to hang out for a bit, don't be a D about it. Realize that you're not his only customer. Being in, out, in and out too quickly can easily blow up his spot. Huh. I never thought about it that way. I always thought if I stuck around, I was going to annoy him. Well, then, or the her. <laughs> on the flip side, the next one he writes, you stay over too long. Oh, damn it. So you got to find the art, the perfect art of staying around. How just many long minutes, enough. Steve, do I need to stay at my weed dealer's house? Break this down for me. I don't know. He doesn't say it, but I would imagine, what do you think, 15, 20 minutes? That seems like a long that time. Seem like a long time. I used to hate the. The sit around. I had a, a drug dealer buddy back in, man, this must have been about like 15 years ago. And his whole thing was when you want some weed, just ask me if I want to hang out. Like, he, you know, everyone had their code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, hey, I need some garbage bags or something. You know, everyone had stupid, like, code. So ours was. No, I need the tall garbage bags right. how many the kitchen. How many do you need? I don't know. Maybe 40 <laughs> garbage bags. Um, I would always say, hey, do you want to hang out? And I'd go over there and. I'd get my weed, and I'd have this uncomfortably long conversation, not realizing that's probably why, uh, and then eventually I'd be able to go. Well, one time I show up, we have this uncomfortably long conversation, and I'm finally I'm at this breaking point. Like, I got to get out of here, and I need my weed. So I was like, hey, can I get the weed? I got to get going. He goes, oh, man, I don't have any. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, drought right now. I don't got any, man. I'm sorry. I'm like, well, I... So now you're legit just hanging with the dude? And that's what he said. He's like, I thought you just wanted to come over and hang out. I'm like, that was our code, man. That was our code. I was so pissed. Never used his stuff again. Just drop the damn weed. <laughs> Thanks, Coolbird. <laughs> man, that's so awkward. <laughs> right, like, right, like, that's the whole point of using code. Right. And if, if that... Oh, man, I was so upset about that. Like, I mean, I was genuinely just in my car, like, punching the steering wheel. Like, what the hell? I just, and I was there, like, for, like, 40 minutes. Like, until I finally was like, I need the weed. I got to go. And nothing. Next one. <laughs> you clearly needed that weed. Yeah. I had anger issues, Ted. <laughs> Roll up unannounced. This one, one of the worst things you could do to your guy. You're only getting weed. Stop acting like a crackhead about it. <laughs> That's a good point. It's uh, funny, too. Like, uh, like if you drive around, like, uh, let's say like you don't smoke, but you know somebody that smokes. Like, one time driver, I don't care what the city is. And mm. just like, if you drive around with them and they point it out, they'll just be like, oh, yeah, see that house? I bought weed out of there once. Or like, oh, yeah, that apartment up there. That's where we used to always buy our weed. You're just like... What the hell? I don't have no idea this whole world was going on. Stoner tours instead of star tours. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> that house, that's where I used to get my meth. Yeah. All boarded up. Well, I mean, I guess I'm just thinking about it because I know in the neighborhood I used to live in Seattle, like like uh, a couple people like would, would drop, name drop like somebody famous and be mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, that guy used to always go there for his weed when he was coming down off of this or that. Ah. It's like... Yeah, all right. Yeah, thanks for letting me know. I'm sure he's happy about that. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> 
Do you remember the first place, like, the first time, like, you actually went somewhere to buy weed? <clears throat> yes. Was it, like, was it a weird, because I remember mine, and it was a house, like, I don't remember exactly where in Seattle, like, but before in college, like, it was always a buddy's had it, and they just, like, shared it, you know, I never had to actually go and buy a bag of weed on my own, but when I moved out here, I did, and it was, like, a house on, like, right off of Aurora on, like, 95th or something like that, and it was this big house, and it was all these different roommates, and it was just, I just, it just felt dirty, you know what I mean? Because it was the first time ever buying a drug, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing something really illegal. I'm buying drugs. Yeah, like the first time I think I bought weed wasn't that strange, but I remember the first time going, and it was just like somebody that kind of was selling some, I think, to, mm-hmm. you know, just so they could smoke for free. But I remember the first time a friend took me to like a, like a, like a drug dealer, like house and stuff. Yeah. And it was so shady and so scary and it was just that i remember like the guy like loaded up like a bong or something and i like took a little rip and handed it back and he's like no man that's your bowl like angrily like smoke it bro (laughs) it's laced with angel dust dude that's what i was thinking because there was people in the room smoking stuff i couldn't identify right and you know me i'm like dripping sweat yeah is, but, this, is this how you get me to buy hard drugs? You get me hooked on them without me knowing? Yeah, I was just like, can we get that? Like, that was probably the worst. It was like, I, don't, I mean, I just knew. Like, if somebody kicks in this door right now, like, I'm going to jail. Right. I'm surrounded by, like, like drug dealers. I remember being, like, really, like... I don't know any of those people anymore, by the way. <laughs> I'm very not, thankful. That's, that's not a surprise. Yeah. Oddly enough, I know a few of the people from the time that I went into that house the first time, right off of Aurora, but it was first impression... All I'm thinking is, all oh, these people know I'm here for drugs. Like I'm thinking, like they're like judging me, and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm walking into a house where all of them are selling like drugs. Like, yeah, they're all, if not, they're not all selling them. They're all buying them from at least one person in this room, you know, in this house. Yeah. And the first, I remember, I'll never forget. The minute I walk in, one of you was like, "Be careful where you walk. My iguana is free." And I'm like, "What? Oh, like there's like lizards walking around in here." I was freaking out. I'm like, oh, great. Now we have an iguana running around, and I need to get some marijuana. Yeah, man. Yeah, th- those scenes are terrible. That's, oh. I mean, that's, that's what's great about the legalization movement. Yeah. You just go, I mean, it sucks, especially in the state of Washington, how much they tax and how expensive it is. Sure, sure. But it's just nice to be able to go into a store, and you don't have to sweat it. You don't have to worry about stepping on any lizards. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry about any cops busting down the doors. They're just strange people in the corner. Just everything, man. Yeah. Yeah, and like they're, you know, there's, and there's, why is there always like a couple people in the corner? Like they don't live in the home. They're just there. I don't know if they're high or what they're using. You know, I have no idea who these people are. They're just in the corner. (laughs) It's like you walked in like an after school special. Yeah, basically, that's what it was. I think, I mean, because this is, this is a very specific story I'm telling you. I'm picturing like the scene from Breaking Bad when he finally took over that house and there was all spray paint everywhere and parties and people passed out on the floor. I couldn't, there wasn't people passed out on the floor, but there literally was like three bedrooms and like mm-hmm. everybody had their own separate thing going. And then I'm telling you, man, I mean, it was just like, you ever walk into somewhere and just go, oh, yes. this place has bad, evil vibes. Yes. That's what this place was. I can't even remember where the hell it was, how we got there. Uh-huh. And I just remember as soon as we got in the car, like looking at the person, it was like, don't, don't you ever take me to a place like that right. again. Never again. Yeah. Never again. And then I remembered one of the people in there, 
like uh, the person I was with, like a week later, was like, "I got to have a serious conversation with you," and I was like, "Yeah, what's up?" Mm-hmm. One of those people said that you were down with what they were doing, like. Hmm? What a, 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 one of the junkies in there smoking Lord knows what off of that foil told you like what are you talking about like like no what? I have no part of that I don't you know like come on what like the junkie's like yeah that Ted guy totally digs heroin yeah basically because I think they were smoking pills or something and somebody was like yeah he smoked some with us which I hadn't. Oh, just admit it, Ted. Come on. Yeah. Tell me your friend here. And don't you think you would have noticed if I had randomly walked in the back and smoked hardcore drugs and then got back in your car? Right. And you would definitely not have been the guy that says, never take me here again. You would have been the guy that says, when are we going back? Right. And, and you're like scratching. When are we going back? When are we going back? Right. Licking your lips. Yeah. Right. It's like, I'm sweating out of fear because I'm smoking like... I don't know. Like, I just, just got, you know, now granted, this person's kind of an idiot, but like, what part of me and my being says, you know what? And I keep a guy on that guy. Lord knows Ted will go off smoking something crazy. Dude, that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll connect the dots off the air for you. <laughs> I can't wait to hear. Yeah, I'm sure you can imagine. <laughs> I could kind of put two and two together. <laughs> We've heard some stories before. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then the final one I thought was interesting. It says, just because someone sells weed, that doesn't mean that they sell Coke and pills. Actually, a good true blue weed man abhors other drugs and sticks to just a spliff. Don't be bringing up that other S. It's not cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. None, of that, none of that heroin, man. Yeah, nobody needed it. <laughs> Ain't no time for that, I man. I can't believe the guy pulled you aside and said, hey, man. Yeah. This, this junkie says that you did it with him. Yeah, exactly. Gosh. Right. And you know me, man. If I remember the story correctly, I think I stood over them clearly smoking bad drugs. It was like, what are you guys doing? You know, and they were right. like, oh, hey, I think they might have been like, do you want some? And it was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm good. Just checking this out. I'm curious why you're using tinfoil right now. <laughs> right? Yeah. Why are you using tinfoil, tinfoil and tracing? Like, it seems like you're chasing the drip of something there. <laughs> well, Ted, that's our drug discussion for today. <laughs> drug discussion. Big thanks to It's wrestling and drugs today, man. Wrestling and drugs. Well, unfortunately. All right, well, we got to get out of here one last time for those of you at your office, maybe you're at home. On the train. On the train, on the plane, wherever it is. In the bus. That's right. It's time for you to drop down and give us 10. We got to get 10 for the mega cast. So, Ted, as always, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, man. Are you ready to do this? Let's do it, Steve. For Daniel Bryan, don't forget, again, WWE Live, Key Arena, March 14th. We'll be there. Will you, <laughs> brother? Get tickets at Ticketmaster, but until then, get 10 with us right now. Here we go. One, two, three, Yes! 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 <laughs> Hey, don't forget to hit us up on Twitter, at the Megacast. Subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. For D. Ted Smith, I'm Steve. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, man. <laughs>